Well, today I want to talk a little bit about um, uh, the, the, the idea and the concept of Labor Day and the labor that we have and uh, the careers and jobs that we have. Because truth be told, if we are going to have a better life, if we're going to have a more holy life, we cannot continue to be people who segment our life into the sacred and the secular. We cannot be people who say, well, this is my church life, and this is my personal life, and then this is my work life. Because how many of you guys have figured out, that stuff bleeds, man. It bleeds over, doesn't it? I mean, whatever is going on at work, you bring it home. And whatever is going on at home, you take it to work with you. This stuff reminds us that we are holistic beings. And so we're going to put Moses on pause for the last two weeks. We'll pick him up next week. And uh, by the way, he's okay. Uh, FYI, he's all right. Uh, He will meet us out in the desert. We'll catch up with him next week. But today we want to talk a little bit about how we live, how we work, and how we create and the things that we are doing in our work life. Let's go on to our next slide, and as you see these Labor Day statistics, you probably grasp and understand that we're in the midst of something that some people have called the Great Resignation instead of the Great Recession or the Great Depression or those types of things. Some people are calling this the Great Resignation, and uh, you might not be able to see it if your eyes are bad and if you're a grandpa like me, Uh, you know, uh, you might be having a hard time with this, but it says a record-breaking 4.5 million Americans quit their jobs in November of 2021. Now, that's less than a year ago, and that's in one single month. Now, I want to be very clear about something. I'm not here to say everybody who quits their job or everybody who walks away from a job is doing something wrong or, or bad or anything like that. But what I do want to do is I want to focus and kind of drill down on the fact that in a lot of ways, work is not seen the same way that it used to be. Um, And yes, it is hard for us to see and grasp work in the same way that it used to be because work used to be a different thing. But the truth of the matter is, is that there are people that are quitting in record numbers and walking away from jobs because they just don't feel like there's something that's worthwhile or valuable there. Now, I am not, again, going to mention anything about a very specific job. There may be some people who are making some very, very wise decisions in their career opportunities or, you know, walking away from that or whatever it might be. But what I do want to do today is to talk about work from a biblical perspective, and I want to talk about it, how it can bring some things into your life that maybe might not be there otherwise. And I don't know if you guys can kind of grasp this or not, but I was actually talking to a guy the other day, and he was 53 years old. 53 years old. And he had worked long enough to be able to earn a pension from his job. He worked hard, worked a very difficult job, a physical job at that time. And uh, we talked a little bit about, you know, kind of some of the things that had happened. He was actually a person who was a longshoreman. You guys know what a longshoreman is? Somebody who loads and unloads uh, big, not trucks, but uh, loads ships and shipping containers onto trucks and gets them transferred out to railroads and stuff like that. I mean, a big, important job that he was doing. And he did it for a number of years and finally became eligible for a pension. He's 53 years old. Here's what he told me. He said, I love being retired, but I need something to keep me busy. (laughs) Now think about that for just a second. If you're a person who says to me, I can't wait till I retire. I can't wait till I don't have to go to work every day. 
I understand, I get that. I, I fathom what you're saying because it's hard when you're battling the alarm clock. Can I get an amen? Is there anybody in here? When you're battling Houston traffic, can I get an amen on that, right? There's a lot of things that are going on in work and things that are changing in work, but a record number of people are walking away not because of all of the different things that you might think. As a matter of fact, if you go to this next slide, you can see these are some of the top reasons for quitting. There's major reasons in the blue and minor reasons in the light blue. And the politicians who love to keep us stirred up and against one another would tell you that the COVID vaccine requirements are the big thing that are you know, making people quit. And that's not actually really accurate. It's one of the last things that is mentioned Low pay, lack of advancement opportunities, feeling disrespected, lack of childcare, lack of schedule flexibility, on and on down the line. These are some of the reasons that people are quitting. But I would just also say to you, I think overall our society has shifted its ideas on work. We've put up the idea of early retirement, and I'm not against that. If that's something that God is able to give to you and provide for you, great. Do that and enjoy that. It is a fantastic thing. But I will say that a lot of people who retire early have found themselves looking for something to do that helps them to feel productive and feel like they're doing what they were created to do. Are you guys all with me so far? You all understand what I'm saying? Now, I'm just going to ask you guys a question. Have you ever done something maybe even at work, but have you ever done something where you just kind of have this emotion that wells up inside of you and it almost just feels like, you know what? That's what it's all about for me. Like, that's what I was made to do. This is the thing that I feel like this is how I was designed and made. And I love doing this stuff. Other people, they hate it. Other people don't get it. But this is the kind of thing that just you know, it hits the bullseye for me. How many of you ever had that experience before, right? You've, you've had that? If you are fortunate enough to have that whenever you are working and getting paid to do that thing, that is a beautiful thing. Can I get an amen? I mean, isn't that great? If you were built that way, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call somebody out, all right? I didn't tell him because I didn't want him to stay home, but Paul and Joku and I are different people. You know why? He is an accountant, Paul is an accountant, so numbers make sense to him. I can memorize a phone number, and that's about it. Numbers don't make sense to me. I can put them in a calculator and screw them up. Paul knows what he's doing. We are built different. And when Paul gets around numbers, he feels different than I do, I promise you. I made one really bad grade in college. It was in college algebra. They were like, look, we're going to just let you keep moving because clearly you've got problems. We're just going to keep you moving here. Okay, that's just me. Y'all can judge me if you want. Some of you are looking at me with judgmental eyes. Y'all need to be in the altars and pray because you shouldn't be all, you know, judging people. But here's the truth. Paul is different than I, and I am different than you, and on and on and on around the room we go. But here is the truth. Paul, whenever he gets around numbers, he's like, I know this, this is, this is like second nature. This is how I was made. This is how I was designed. This is what I was built for. This is what God created me to do. You guys understand what I'm saying? Now, if you can find that, you find meaning and purpose and value in your work. And it's almost irreplaceable if you really stop and think about it. But if you are growing up in a society or if you're constantly influenced by a society that makes you feel like work is for suckers and work is for dumb people who can't find a way to get out of it, I'm telling you, 
you're missing a lot of the things that is it's really intrinsic in work because truth be told God created us to work that's why even when we can retire and pay every bill and do the things that we want to do we're still looking for something that is meaningful and valuable to do with our time and with our lives so in the midst of all that stuff that I just said, can I just remind you that if God has created us in this way, we need to find a way to bring God into our work lives and dedicate our work lives to the one who created us to do these things. If you guys are with me, y'all give me an amen. Amen? Okay, so let's keep moving very quickly. And I want to just tell you, if you're a person who needs to go a little deeper, there is actually a theologyofwork.org website that you can go and check out. This particular one is 10 key points about work in the Bible that every Christian should know. And so if you're interested in going a little deeper, if you don't necessarily know that you've got a really good grasp on exactly what a biblical view of work is or whatever, definitely go to this website and check it out. There are some things there. Real quickly, let's talk about some different types of work. And you can see this image. For some of you, work on the left is the manufacturing, the doing something with your hands. Your, your people who are manual in the way that you do things just fits and works. You are a people who can take apart a radio and put it back together, and you're not like putting a pile of parts over here they're like they, these were not necessary anyway by the way I tell Shelly that every time I put something together and put it back together and she's like well what are those four parts I'm like no 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 don't look at those I'm like what are you talking about you know like kind of sweep them under the rug or some of you this is what you want to do you want to plan you want to do the things that you're doing, uh, you know, work your plan and plan your work kind of thing. Or maybe you want to teach or maybe you want to care for somebody. And this is just a little bit of an instance. And, and can I tell you, whatever it looks like for you, don't ever be ashamed or embarrassed that this is what God has created you to do because he creates every single one of us in a different way. And so find the thing that you love to do there, this is an old saying, I didn't intend to say this, but find the thing that you love to do, find someone who will pay you to do that thing that you love and you will never work a day in your life. How many of you have heard that old saying before? How many of you believe that old saying, right? It is crazy. And so just so you guys know, you know, my wife is getting close to retirement age. She's excited. I'm nervous. I figure I'm going to be a, a summertime bachelor for about three months every year because y'all have heard what's happening in Oklahoma City, right? And so I'm like, babe, can I see you in August? I mean, what's, what's happening here, right? So this is her. This is what she loves to do. She's an educator. But here's the truth. Like when she retires, she's like, well, what do you want to do? Do you want to retire? I can't. I, this, this is so much a part of who I am. I don't, I can't even ascribe to you the honor that I feel when I'm able to be up here and speaking about God's word to you guys. I really can't. And so there will be a long period of time in our marriage where my wife is going to be retired and I am going to be still working because to me, this is not work. I get to know you people and love you people and work with you people and speak to you people and just, you people make my life rich and wonderful. Like, I can't change that. I can't walk away from that. I would never do that uh, at age 52 or 53 or whatever it is when she's retiring. And so 
I just am blessed to be a part of this family and thank you so much for giving me this opportunity. This is something that I'm passionate about and there are times where I feel that feeling where I feel like I've been created and God has pushed me in this direction and shaped me and molded me to go this way. And so I thank you for this chance. I probably don't say it nearly enough how much I love you guys, but also how much I love having the opportunity to be your pastor. So let me keep moving here. Um, Don't miss this. And I want to share this with you very quickly. Uh, Our next slide that's coming up here. This is from the passage of scripture from John chapter 5. And then also uh, it's in Genesis Chapter 2, the Bible says the Lord took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and to, care, and to take care of it. And then in John chapter 5, Jesus has his critics and they're saying, what are you doing working on the Sabbath? And this is what Jesus says. So, so because Jesus was doing these things on the Sabbath, the Jewish leaders began to persecute him. And in his defense, Jesus said to them, my father is always at his work to this very day and I too am working. Now, I want to just stop for just a second, and let's go to our next slide. Don't miss this, before mankind sinned, also known as the fall of mankind, in Genesis chapter 3. Everybody say 3. The passage of scripture that we just read was from Genesis chapter 2. Let's say 2. Okay, now which one comes first? This is not a trick question. I know it's a holiday weekend, but which one comes first, 2 or 3? That's right. That's right. Exactly. So... Before mankind fell, God asked them, created them, designed them, and placed them in a place where they could work. So work is not a curse. Work is not a a chore. Work is not something that you have to pay the dividends of sin for. The truth of the matter is, is that even had things remained the way that they were in the Garden of Eden, there would still have been work for you and I to do. Before the fall of mankind in Genesis chapter 3, God had already put man in the Garden of Eden to accomplish work. That's the passage of Scripture that we just read. So let's go to our next slide here. And this is something we can all understand. All right, it is a holiday weekend, so I'm going to try to do a little bit of maybe a little bit more fun. But can you all identify when you're about to leave work and someone says, hey, before you go, and you're just like, hmm, anybody ever felt that way? Yeah, I'm going to share some work memes today, so hopefully you'll smile, but they actually, a lot of them, well, some of them are just funny, and then some of them go right along, but isn't it interesting how we all have some similar experiences around work? Let's go to our next slide. When you're at work checking the time, it's 3 p.m., you check three hours later, and it's 3.13 p.m. (laughs) Bruh. Oh, I love that one. That one just killed me. I was like, you check three hours later. It's 13 minutes later. Can I get an amen? Everybody ever, has everybody been there at least once in their life? Okay, yeah. All right, let's go to our next one here. When your coworker coughs, this is especially from COVID. You're like, mm? <laughs> COVID time. Y'all know what I'm What about this one from COVID, the COVID era? When you're working from home and your boss messages you about doing a Skype meeting, your hair looks like that. You're you're like, uh, yeah. We all have some very similar things around. Hey, I've seen some of y'all on Skype meetings. Don't act like you've never seen anything like this before. Let's go to our next slide. When you're at work trying to stay positive, (laughs) 
trying to stay positive. All right, let's go to our next slide. The start of the shift and the end of shift. This is especially true for my nurses, many nurses in the house. They're like, thank you. Yes, that's me. Is that the same woman? Like, yeah. Hit a pause. Is that the same woman? Is not? Did the internet get me? Okay. I think the internet might have gotten me. Maybe the internet got me. Y'all pray for me. I need, I need wisdom. All right, let's keep moving. Here is the big idea. And we're going to, I got a few more memes for you. Oh, don't worry. I got a few more memes. But God uniquely designed you on purpose and for his purpose. God uniquely designed you on purpose and for his purpose. Can we say that together? Ready? One, two, three. God uniquely designed me on purpose and for his purpose. That's not me. That's us. All of us. Each one of us different. And did you hear what Peter was reading a few moments ago from that passage of Scripture? Wasn't it interesting? You've heard that passage a hundred times, right? Therefore, I, I encourage you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, right? The living sacrifice. But at the end of that passage of Scripture, as it continues to move down, part of giving yourself as a living sacrifice is giving back to God the things that God has created you to be not what the world is pushing you to become. I'm going to say that one more time. Giving back to God the thing that he has created you to be and not what the world has been pushing you to become. How many of you know that there are a lot of people that make really bad decisions in careers because that's what the world told them they ought to do? They don't fit it. They don't like it. They don't love it. I'm going to tell you something. I'm, I'm a little biased, okay, because my wife is an educator in every true sense of the word. She's an amazing teacher, librarian, educator in every sense of the word. For me, every time I see a, a teacher who clearly does not want to be a teacher anymore, I want to tell them, you're in the wrong business, go somewhere else because you're damaging kids at important times in their life. Go get another job because this is too important. You guys understand what I'm saying? Like, to me, teaching is a calling. I think, I think police work is often a calling. I think military service is often a calling. And I could go on and on down the line. Healthcare workers, often a calling. These things are the ways that God has many times created us. And he says in this passage of scripture, if this is your gift, then do that. He doesn't say, if this is your gift, then do something else. He says, no, if prophesying is your gift, then prophesy. If giving is your gift, then give. But if serving is your gift, then serve. He doesn't say, if serving is your gift, but everybody tells you it's classier to give, then give. No, 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 he does not. He says, do the thing that I created you to do and find the joy that I have created you to experience. For a lot of us, we're miserable for 45 or 50 hours a week at our jobs, and we can't figure out why we don't love life the way that we know we should. You guys understand what I'm saying? If we can find how God created us and live that life, then it changes everything for us. All right. If you doubt what I'm saying, let's go to our next slide. This is from Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. We are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. In other words, he created you and designed you in a very specific way. 
I want to talk real quickly about the benefits of work, and we're going to go through these a little quicker. It provides means. Everybody go like this. (laughs) Means. It's money. People don't just give you money for no reason, right? Or if they do, can you introduce me to them? Because I don't meet people like that. You don't either. You get out there, you bring and add value, then they give you money for the services. And it's a fair exchange. I promise you, your employer will not pay you more than they can afford to pay you. Right? (laughs) So it provides means. And then you, as a Christian, have money in your hands to be a benefit and a blessing to your family and to God's kingdom. You know, we're back there, we're, we're asking for folks to give, we're encouraging people to give to, to start the church down in Victoria and all of these different things. That does not happen if you and I don't have money and means that came into our hands and if we're not faithful and diverting that to go and go towards the things that God is calling us to support. And let me tell you something, I believe with we as Christians, we are not supposed to be people who just constantly receive, but we are supposed to receive and then allow it to flow out from us. We're supposed to receive and then give. And so when you talk about providing means, your money is a stewardship to God, and it is something that you can be a blessing with, but you can't be that blessing if you don't view the work as a way of being a person who is in conjunction with what God is doing in this world. Let's go to our next slide. I don't want to be Powerball or Mega Millions rich. I just want to be change my oil when I'm supposed to rich. Can I get an amen on that? Any of y'all ever felt that way? Yes, exactly. So yes, it is true. You don't have to be Mega Ball rich. You just need to be faithful with what God has given you. Let's go to our next slide. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 10. And this is an important thing. Paul says, For even when we were with you, we gave you this rule, the one who is unwilling to work shall not eat. In other words, he says, it's not okay for you to just be on the, give, on the receiving end only. And then later in Acts chapter 20, Paul is quoted, he says, In everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak Remembering the words that the Lord Jesus himself said. And what did he say? It is more blessed to give what? You know, when I was a kid, this was a hard scripture for me. Because whenever Christmas came around, it was more blessed to get than to give. And I used to hear my parents say, oh, I don't want anything. I was like, man, they're lying to me. They want something. And now, guess what comes out of my mouth when somebody asks about Christmas presents? Oh, I don't need anything. I got what I need. I got everything I need and everything I want. Don't get me anything. Give it to and fill in the blank. How many of y'all have ever said that? Isn't it interesting how wisdom reminds you that it is more blessed to give than to receive? One of the best things that I do all year long is our white envelopes. I mean, I just love it. I just love giving to those kids such a blessing. All right, I'm going to keep moving. I'm going to keep moving here. All right, let's keep moving. The other benefits of work, it provides meaning. We've already talked a lot about this, so I won't camp here too long, but let's keep moving to our next slide. 
Romans chapter 12, verses 4 through 8, we talked about how this passage of Scripture tells us that God has built each one of us differently and that we need to follow the path that He has created for us. You can go past this next slide. I've already spoken about this. And then the other benefits of work is that it refines me. Here's what I mean. It provides means, money. It provides meaning a little bit of how we find our way that we were created and do those things that God enables us and calls us to do, but it also refines me. Now, stop for just a second. How many of you have ever had your faith tested whenever you were in a work setting? Can I get an amen? You know what I'm talking about. Y'all are like, "Mm mm-hmm. Yeah. Nothing tests you quite like work, does it? It reveals what's going on in your heart sometimes a little too clearly. The truth is, is that it's hard to put up with people at work. Why? Because they're not your family. You're just kind of stuck with them, right? Is that, is that okay for a preacher to say? <laughs> now, if you all work with your spouse, it doesn't count, okay? But you know what I'm saying. It refines me. It changes me. Let's go to our next slide. The face I make when I see you leaving work earlier than me. Where are you going? I got here. <laughs> keep moving. Let's keep moving. Whoever stole my stapler, I will find you and I will kill you. Do y'all, have y'all watched the Taken movies at all? Okay. All right. Let's go to our next slide. It gives us a mission field. Now let's go to our, <laughs> this is our final meme, I do believe. I don't always tolerate stupid people, but when I do, I'm probably at work. It's hard to see them for not being stupid people because they're very frustrating. God is using them as sandpaper to rock, knock off some of those rough edges, right? But how many times have you had a coworker who revealed a need and you look around and you're like, maybe this is what God created me to do as well, not just to do the numbers, not just to do the monthly report, not just to do the healthcare work, not just to do the education, but maybe this is part of my mission field and maybe I might be one of the only people that she or he trusts enough to talk about this with. Yes, your job is means. Yes, your job is bringing meaning to your life. And yes, your job is refining you and making you a better person because you're in close proximity with people who might be difficult, people you might not choose to be with. But where we really take it over the top is when we realize that they are probably the mission field that God has opened up for you to be a blessing. The question is, can you get past the frustrations of work and be a missionary in that place where you actually are a blessing? Now, here's what I would share with you very quickly, and we're bringing this to a close. Let's go to our next slide. Commit fully to giving your best at work. Do all as working as unto the Lord, as Colossians chapter 3 says. Here's what I want to share with you. Your testimony means more Monday through Friday than it does on a Sunday. You might not want to hear that. You're like, no, I could, I, could, I could give a testimony, brother. It's like, okay, well, hold on just a second. You can give a testimony where all of the people are people that you love. 
And all the people are people that support you and vice versa. And in this setting and all that stuff. But when you start sharing your testimony Monday through Friday where it doesn't fit. And where you're around people that don't necessarily love you or feel the love from you all the time or whatever it might be. Whenever you live yourself in such a fully committed way to the Lord and you're like, look, I know this job ain't perfect. I know not everybody here is wonderful, but here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give it my all and I'm going to give my very best every time I'm here because I don't want to just mark time because God created me, designed me and gifted me for more than that. And how many of you know that sometimes people go half speed all of their lives and never even feel what it's like to really stretch out and give themselves the very best of themselves. Have you, you know what I'm talking about? Don't let that be you. And don't let that be something that you only do at work. Like give your best at work and then watch and people will be drawn to you because they need what you have because God has given it and designed you in that way. But it only comes when you're fully committed and you do things not because the boss is watching, and not because things are great, and not because you love everything that's going on, but because you're doing it as working as unto the Lord, just like his scripture says. The truth is, is that if we will fully give ourselves, we can be transformed. And that 40 to 50 hours a week that just feels like a sinkhole of despair sometimes can be turned into a place where God is at work, at work. It can happen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the fact that you have created us and designed us to partner with you in our world. And we ask that our own personal worlds would be better and different and impacted because you are a part of them. And Lord, I just would ask that all of us who have been half-stepping it at work, have been people who don't really care at all about the things that we've done at work, would instead make a shift in our mindset to be people who genuinely give our very best and work as unto you, the God who has created us and given us these things that we call jobs and careers. And Lord, may you be glorified because of what we do in the places that are not churches but are clearly touched by your hands, we pray. And God, we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's check out this video. God, the earth, the moon, the sun, the stars, the oceans, the mountains, the trees that grow beside the waters, the animals that come to the stream to drink. It's all your work. You have created it. You gave us the sun which marks the days and the moon that marks the months. It all fits together like the workings of a clock. Then you gave us the ability to care for it all. You gave us the chance to care for each other. There is so much work to do, God. Help us to remember we do the work for you. If we cook, let us cook as though your son will be a guest at the table. If we paint, let us paint as though the picture will hang in your house. If we clean, let us clean as if your angels are coming to our home to dance. We will keep you in mind, God, in all things, in all we do. When we labor and when we rest, 
You created and you took a break. We will take this day and stop. We will breathe. We will appreciate the gifts you have given us. Our hands, our feet, our minds, our hearts. We will look around and see our lives as a gift. We will be grateful for the jobs we have. We will pray for those who cannot find work. We will reach out a hand to help those who cannot help themselves. We will be grateful for this day. This moment set aside to say thank you to the one who began a good work and continues that work in us. Amen. Amen. And I hope you guys have a great week at work, and I hope that the Lord expands your view of what work exactly is. Let's stand together. We're going to have a word of prayer over the food, and I hope every one of you guys will stay and eat. We've got burgers and dogs. There's nothing better than grilled burgers and grilled dogs. And uh, it is, I guess, grilled steak may be a little bit better, but this is going to be great because it is going to be ready for you as soon as you guys walk out this door. So if you would, please walk out this door, take a left, and there will be the food ready for you guys. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for the work that you have given us to do. And thank you, Lord, that we have wonderful people to share our lives with here in this place. Continue to draw us closer together. Bless our fellowship and bless the food that we are about to eat. Thank you so much for those who have done the work to prepare it and make it ready for us. And I pray that we would enjoy our time together. In Jesus' name we pray and everyone said together, amen. And we were going to end the way we always do. We have just heard God's word. Say it right along with me. Now let's go live it. God bless you guys. Love y'all. And we're looking forward to seeing you out there.